0: Okay guys, we have seen the memes, we've seen the tweets, we've probably heard the complaints from our friends. Work from home and self-quarantine in general is putting a whole new strain on relationships that no one could have predicted. Now couples are having to learn how to be confined in a very small space together 24 seven. They're learning how to work together in that same confined space. And they're learning how to face a pretty significant life event slash life trauma together. Now, a global pandemic is scary, and it is vastly changing the way that we live our lives. And so dealing with that in a partnership definitely has its benefits, but it also has its obstacles as well. So that is what we're going to get into today and figure out how to best nurture our relationships while in quarantine. I am so excited to welcome Vanessa Marin to the show. Vanessa Marin is a licensed psychotherapist specializing in sex therapy. Now she has her bachelor's degree in, oh excuse me, her bachelor's degrees, plural, in human (laughs) sexuality and sociology from Brown University and a master's degree in counseling psychology. She has written for the New York Times, Allure, and Life Hacker, and has been featured in major publications like O, oh, the Oprah Magazine, Harper's Bazaar, Refinery 29, and Real Simple. Now, she specializes in online programs that help you transform your sex life from ordinary to extraordinary, all from the <laughs> comfort and privacy of your own home. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, I need to hire you to do my intro every time I I go somewhere. You make it so easy. You're so impressive. (laughs) Thank Um, you so much. How are you doing? How are you holding up? I'm doing okay. I'm going through
1: lots of different emotions and experiences on a daily basis. It's really crazy to think of how much this has changed every facet of our lives, but I'm really just trying to create the space for all of those reactions, let all the feelings come up. And when I'm able to do that, it seems a lot more manageable.
0: (laughs) I think that's so important. I know we're going to talk about relationships, but I think emotions are obviously a huge aspect of relationships. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to let yourself feel right now. Like you have
1: everything.
0: Exactly. You have the time. You have the space. Like work through some-ish right now, you know? Like,
1: And the funny thing with with our emotions is that when we allow ourselves to feel our emotions, even the ones that are really difficult that we wish we weren't feeling, they really dissipate a lot faster. And it's when we resist our emotions that they persist and they last a lot longer.
0: Exactly. And they manifest in you know, maladaptive ways. So let's just avoid that. Um, (laughs) I do want to note for our listeners right now that we are recording this on March 23rd at 2.36 p.m. Pacific time because by this time this comes out, who knows what will have transpired in an hour. By the time we're finished recording this, who knows what will have transpired. So I do want to set that uh, as sort of a disclaimer going forward. Um, All right, Vanessa, couples are going through a lot right now. They're working from home together, maybe for the first time ever. They're spending more time together, maybe for the first time ever in close quarters. Um, And they're dealing with stress and anxiety and uncertainty possibly in very different ways. So I want to get into all of that and more, but I'm really curious to hear from you. What is the number one complaint or question that you are getting from your clients right now?
1: The main thing is just, how do we do this? I mean, I think our relationships look so different from how they looked even you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, yeah. that a lot of couples are really struggling with how do we make these adjustments? Everything just feels so different. And I think a lot of that weight is really putting, being put on the shoulders of our relationships. So if you look at China, the divorce rates are skyrocketing right now. Wow. They're a little bit ahead of us um, in this situation. <laughs> and just you know, hearing from my clients, even from my friends, a lot of people are saying our relationship just feels so intense right now. It feels like, you know, we're on the verge of just breaking with all this pressure. So how do we do this?
0: Yeah. Well, wow, that's really interesting because I-, I wonder, like I did, I read that like the first day that, that uh, you know, people in Wuhan were allowed out of their homes, 88 couples fired Filed for divorce, and I'm sure the numbers just keep rising as more and more um, people are allowed out, uh, and they're sort of working through what this now means for them as things return on to quote unquote normal. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be a positive too, right? Like there's got to be baby couples who are dating who are going to come out of this and get married because they've been able to, yeah. right? No, I, I hope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it's a Tremendous opportunity for all of our relationships here because, you know, the reality is that most of us have relationship issues that we tend to kind of sweep under the rug. Mm. And so you may have in your relationship been needing to have important talks or work out certain issues and, you know, you've been caught up in daily life and just sort of put it on the back burner. And so I think there is an incredible opportunity for us here to really strengthen the foundation of our relationships, to learn new skills that maybe. We never learned in the first place because, I mean, let's get real, where do we ever get taught how to have a great relationship or a great sex life? Like we don't. So I think there is this opportunity that we can emerge from this crisis with our relationships stronger than ever, feeling like, wow, we got through that together. We supported each other in getting through that.
0: I love that. I love that. So let's get into that with that as sort of our lens to look at everything. um, Working from home. So oh, yes. some people are learning how to work from. I've always worked from home. So I'm like, I got this. I'm I got lost. it. <laughs> um, but some people are learning how to one work from home for the first time ever. And then they're learning how to do it with their partner, maybe at the same desk may, and maybe yeah. in the same room. So what are some problems inherent, this, inherent in this? I imagine that space is one of them, probably mm-hmm. both <laughs> physical and emotional uh, mm-hmm. boundaries, different work styles. Break that down for me.
1: All kinds of stuff. Yeah. So fortunately I'm in the similar kind of boat as you are. Um, My husband works, we work together in our business. And so we've been working from home together on the same business since 2015. So we've got some tips for you. Um, So some of the main challenges that come up, definitely space is a big one because now all of a sudden you're in each other's grill all day long. And so something that goes along with that is that you're really seeing how your partner spends their time. So I remember when my husband and i started working together, I would see him taking these long leisurely lunches, like watching stuff on Netflix. And I'm like, this guy is wasting so much time. And then he would see me kind of checking out for the day early while he continued working and, you know, would have the same sort of judgment. So we're just seeing how our partner spends their time in a much more detailed way than we ever had before. And it's very easy to get into a, a judgmental place for that. So that's another big one coming up. And then just also figuring, out how to structure our days so a lot of people find that when they start working from home for the first time that line between work and personal really gets blurred and you're finding yourself working at all hours of the day or feeling like you just can't turn off and go back to your normal life and especially right now when people are feeling so much insecurity and uncertainty Mm. about their jobs that pressure is even higher Um, so there's just yeah there's a lot going on that we have to figure out how to navigate.
0: Okay, so how can couples do this effectively? Like, what are some tips that you have learned maybe from your own relationship or that you have for some listeners?
1: Yeah, so first thing is we definitely want to set up individualized workspaces. Mm. So for some people, you know, maybe if you have a spare bedroom or something like that, that's great. Other people I know are going to be working in like a studio, and you're really on top of each other. So whatever it is that you're working with, get as creative as you can about carving out individualized workspaces
0: for yourselves. The I feel part... like we did those things, like remember those, those big cardboard setups that you used to have to put up when you were in elementary school? T- yeah,
1: or like when you vote. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) we just need to bring those back.
1: not a bad idea at all you know the further away you can get from each other the better if you can be even if you're in the same room if you can be facing different directions so you're not staring at each other all day that's great um if it's possible to have a door that closes between the two of you that would be amazing um but you really want to make sure you have specific spaces for yourselves and then you know just personally try to make that space feel as comfortable and inviting as you can so even if it's just a little corner you know of a table or something like that could you put a a picture that you like or Mm -hmm. a you know a crystal or a little trinket piece of jewelry something like that just to make it feel like it's your space so that's a big one Next, I would say is to talk to each other about creating specific working hours and talk about how you each work. So you might be someone who wants to have a strict, I want to do nine to five and, you know, be checked out other than that. Whereas your partner, maybe something's going on with their work and they need to be available at different kinds of hours. So if you guys just have that conversation and figure out, so that way you guys just both know what to expect and you can Mm -hmm. know, kind of make some plans around that. Um, Creating structure with working from home is definitely a big one, you know, so you don't blur those lines between work and personal life like I was talking about. So trying to set you know, those specific working hours, and then also making time for breaks as well. So taking regular breaks throughout the day, have a leisurely lunch, like my husband Xander, (laughs) you know, get outside, go on a little walk around the block if you can, get some fresh air, Um, but definitely, you know, creating a little bit of structure for yourself can really help.
0: Yeah, and I imagine that Communicating those boundaries that you have for yourself and for your work next to your partner is also really, really crucial. Um, how? Well, I have I have so many questions, so yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to space them out and keep them organized. But how can couples start to have those conversations because of the blurring of boundaries that is inherent in this sort of quarantine and self isolation with a partner? A lot of couples are probably having, for the first time, having conversations about boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not used to that, those sort of discussions. Maybe they don't even know what their boundaries are until now they're being crossed yeah. in a very, very profound way. So how can couples sort of initiate those conversations? So I think a great way to think about this is
1: we want to blame the coronavirus. (laughs) You know, It's not that all of a sudden your partner is starting to drive you nuts. They've done something terrible and now you guys are fighting. We are all being thrust into this situation against our will um, because of this crisis that's going on. So in an interesting sort of way, you can talk about it as, hey, it's you and me against this thing that is going on rather than you and me against each other.
0: Oh, I love that. You finally have the scapegoat you've always needed. Exactly. (laughs) So I think a great way to
1: initiate the conversation, first I would say is have it at a time when you're feeling a little bit more relaxed. So you don't want to try to start talking about boundaries once you're in the middle of like, my boundaries are violated. I'm pissed off at you. I'm really frustrated. We want to wait until we're as calm as possible. Um, And so I would say something like hey, so the world is looking really different than it did and things are feeling pretty crazy. Can we have a conversation about how we can support each other through this? How we can really be a team with all that we have going on?
0: Mm, yeah, I think that, I think just opening up those sort of channels of communication is so important. And now is such a great time to do it because people aren't distracted. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, like we- A lot more time to do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: And I would, I wouldn't like, especially if you haven't had a lot of conversations before, sometimes we can put pressure on ourselves to say, we have to have this one conversation and hammer everything out. That is not ever going to happen. And especially not now. So if you open the conversation by saying, you know, can we be in more regular communication? Can we have a bunch of conversations about how we do this, how we support each other? So it's not putting all that pressure that you have to figure everything out in one go.
0: Well, I think that now's an interesting time because you're kind of being put under pressure from the outside, right? From coronavirus, maybe from your jobs and things like that. So people are are experiencing stress and anxiety on unprecedented levels right now. And a lot of people are really, really scared and feeling uncertain. So how can you, I, I mean, everybody handles stress differently, I know in, in relationships past, I've judged and gotten upset at the way other people handle stress versus how I handle stress. So how can couples cope, I guess, with handling stress differently? Like how do they go about that discussion and how do they go about accepting or not the way their partner <laughs> handles stress? So, first, I think we need to recognize and
1: normalize that we all do deal with stress differently. Yeah. Um, And I know, you know, sometimes we feel like it would be nice if my partner did it in the exact same way that I did. But you have to think about, imagine if you had two people who were exactly the same amount of stressed out in the exact same kind of way, maybe there'd be a little bit of relief in knowing, hey, I'm not the only one going through this, but that's just a lot of stress and anxiety all happening at the same point. So I think a lot of the couples that I'm talking to, they're finding each other being stressed at different times. And I think that actually can be a strength. And that's something I'm experiencing in my marriage with my husband Xander, too. There will be days where he's feeling really scared and pessimistic, and I'm feeling good. So I kind of look at it as, hey, this is my opportunity to be a supportive partner, to take care of him, help him feel a little bit better, just give him the space he needs to feel his feelings. And then the next day, I'm the one who's freaking out. And he's, hey, everything's gonna be all right, it's okay. So if we can sort of look at that as, actually that can be a strength in our relationship. If we can show up, in these different ways and then another thing I would say is to we're we're gonna be just talking a lot about communication all day today but if you can have these conversations where you identify this is the way that I deal with stress Mm-hmm. So if we just see our partner doing something it's very easy for us to be judgmental like maybe they're stress eating or maybe they are constantly refreshing the news or maybe they're complaining about you know finances and and how everything's just going to be terrible. It's very easy to be frustrated at your partner when you see them doing something like that if that's not what you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. But you guys can label it as this is me dealing with my stress. This is me trying to take care of myself. Maybe even if it's not me doing the best possible thing, like this is me doing the best that I can in that moment. Mm. We, We can see that in a really different sort of way. So it might be the two of you having conversations and saying, hey, babe, you know what? I need to zonk out and watch like five Real Housewives episodes in a row to deal with my stress. Or if it's you seeing your partner doing something that you feel judgmental of or don't approve of, you taking a second to remind yourself, this is my partner doing the best that they can right now.
0: I think that's so important to remember for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of judgment on social media. Um, I've been guilty of a lot of judgment via social media, but I think, I mean, aside from people being stupid and getting in large gatherings, you know, in public places, and just completely
1: um,
0: giving the middle finger to laws and other people's well-being, um, I, I think we need to remember that people are doing the best they can. You know, aside from those you know, distinct cases, we have to remember that people are just trying to make it through right now. And that looks different for everybody. And that's okay. Um, There are some people who are going to freak out and panic by toilet paper, you know, but there's also people who are going to deal with this by coping with a lot of humor and maybe you will find that insensitive or whatever, but we just have to remember people deal with this in different ways. And I think that extends beyond relationships. I think that extends to your friendships, that extends to your families um, and people that you are, are quote unquote friends with on, on social media. So I love that you, that you brought that, that- up um roles and responsibilities within the relationship that is going to change because you guys are now in the same space right and it's who's gonna sanitize all the counters (laughs) Uh, but also like let's say one partner does you know the cooking most nights because the other works late well now both are home like should the other partner help out with cooking or, um, you know, parents that are maybe listening, this is the big ones, they're learning how to like homeschool and figuring out shifts and how to work and occupy their children during the day. Mm-hmm. How can couples start to renegotiate roles that have maybe been in place for, decades in some cases. Yeah, this is
1: a huge one. So what I recommend, so even before all this crisis hit, what I recommended to couples was to make a big list of every responsibility and chore that you guys have in your relationship and Mm -hmm. to have a big meeting basically where you sit down and carve out who's going to do what. So this is more important now than ever before, especially because like you said, a lot of us have had these sort of unspoken agreements for years, decades even. So first step for everyone is take some time, carve some time out and sit down together and make a massive list of everything that you guys have to be responsible for over the next couple of weeks. There might also be a ton of new things on this list, like, yeah, childcare, homeschooling, Mm -hmm. sanitizing all the surfaces, panic buying the toilet paper. Um, So see if you can come up with that list. Then on a separate occasion, sit down together again and divide it up as best as you can. Um, So what you're aiming for is it doesn't need to be 50-50. It just needs to be what feels fair in your relationship. Mm. So I've done this with Xander and we've kind of traded off like, okay, well, I'll take this if you take that. And, you know, um, so it's just, you know, just needs to be something that feels good to both of you. And that's an opportunity too, to talk about, yeah, maybe one person is working and the other isn't. So that person's going to take on more of the home chores, you know, so we just need to, to come up with a game plan. But I think that if you can make a specific list and then write in that list, you know, who's responsible for each thing. That way you guys are just super clear with each other about what expectations are. It's not saying that you're going to live up to this a hundred percent, but yeah. it's just having a game plan. And I think having that plan can make a lot of us feel so much more comfortable and so much less anxious.
0: I think, I, I, I think that is so poignant right now because there's so much that is un known Mm -hmm. and there's out of our control all right so let's think about what things are in our control and what things that are maybe feel unknown right now in the home that can be known because we're labeling it because we're starting the communication around it because we're verbalizing okay what needs to be done not like who's gonna do it okay Mm -hmm. like let's figure it out and sit down and actually write it out yeah i always find that i you know I wake up at 2 a.m. And I'm like, I got to do this and this and this and this. And I start stressing. (laughs) And then at like 8 a.m. I'm like, I don't have time to get all this done. But then when I sit and I write down everything I need to get done and I put it in a time slot, I'm like, all right, you know, I'll have time for housewives tonight. No problemo. (laughs) Um, and so I do think that that's such good advice and that we can extend that to our relationships. Like who is going to take on this new responsibility, um, and, I would venture to say that if you want to put in, you know, any sort of like intimacy things or like, this is a time that we're going to have together after our work from home, I think that can also be written down. I don't see any reason why you shouldn't just lay it all out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, with these sort of chores and, and, and roles and responsibilities, we're relying on one another, I think as a community, as friendships, as family members, and of course in partnerships a lot more than ever before, especially because we don't have outside distractions. We don't have other social outlets. So how can couples, I guess, really effectively rely on each other in ways that they may not be used to? I think we definitely need to start
1: with self-care. So (laughs) We're talking about relationships, getting through this as a, as a couple, but we can't forget that we are individuals and there's already so much increased pressure on our relationships that we can't put the even bigger burden of our relationships being our sole form of self-care. So I think we really need to double down and for some people just start, you know having an essential self-care routine that we're going through every day. Um, so most people have, you know, have thought about self-care before, have identified some things that feel good for them, but again, it's just really important for us to actually do the follow through. So identifying, like, what are the specific things, maybe just picking a handful of things of, you know, if I can do these things on a daily basis, I'm going to feel like I'm in an okay spot. Mm -hmm. Um, So some of my favorite things are, you know, having a specific morning routine that you do every single day, um, journaling, meditating, just taking five deep breaths can be self-care. I recommend... Grooming yourself, as funny as that may sound, but especially with working from home, just not resorting to being in our pajamas for you know the same pajamas for four four days straight, but doing any sort of you know physical self care that maybe makes us feel good. So if you like, hey, I like doing my hair, or I like doing my makeup, or I'm still going to put together a cute outfit even though nobody's going to see it. Um, you know those kinds of things. Moving your body. I will say, I'll interrupt <laughs> you
0: really quick. I no, would no. just, I will say, like full disclosure. I shaved for the first time yesterday my legs and I was like, I have this down. I am so- I, I it like made me feel a world better. Not that like it really matters because I'm not going out or doing anything, yeah. but it did feel so much
1: better. Absolutely. It's, and yeah, I'm not saying, you know, do these things, do the things that you hate doing because you need to look some certain, you know, beauty ideal, but like do the stuff to take care of your own body that makes you feel good and a little sassier. So all that stuff is great. And then really making sure that you're also. Seeking connection and support from other people in your lives. So Mm -hmm. reaching out to friends Reaching out to family members. Um, I know a lot of us are doing, you know Like video chat dates and stuff like that Like make sure you do a few of those on your own, too So it's not just you and your partner with your other couple friend, you know You want to have separate resources for yourself as well So there are other people that you feel like you can turn to and connect with not just your partner
0: So how can, you know, for, if you want that time for yourself, how can couples sort of initiate that conversation to say like, Hey, I know we're living in this studio apartment together, but I need some alone time. Like, how do you exactly like that?
1: (laughs) You know, I know we're spending a lot of time together now. I love you. I also know that we each need a little bit of alone time or our own space to take care of ourselves. So how can we make that happen? And here's where I think it's so important for us to get creative. Um, So really trying to think about like, what are the things that you need to do that are going to have the maximum impact for you and figuring out a specific game plan for how to make that happen? So let's say you love taking baths. Mm -hmm. Can you make a specific plan for when you're going to take a bath? Um, Let's say that you, you know, need to get some exercise in. What's the specific plan for that? And I would really say, you know, don't underestimate. There's something so powerful about being able to be alone in your own home. And that's one of the biggest things that we're lacking right now because we're all, you know, quarantined in together so can you get really creative and maybe it's for 20 minutes while you take your bath your partner's just gonna go outside in the backyard and hang out so you just know you get to relax in that piece of knowing like I'm in my home by myself I could get out of this bath and do whatever I wanted to do yeah or maybe it's you know splitting chores up in a way that maybe your partner you you alternate walking the dog so that each person you know on different days gets a little bit of time alone in, in your space
0: yeah, I think, I think that is, I think, I mean, I'm a huge fan of alone time. So I think <laughs> that figuring that out and making sure you're getting that time to recharge so that you can better be there for your partner. Um, You can't pour from an empty cup. So if you guys are always on top of each other and you're feeling like you're giving, 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 you need to make sure that you're giving to yourself too. So, so far it sounds like the main takeaways are planning, really mm. being very, um, intentional about planning out what your day looks like, what your chores look like, um, communication mm-hmm. and taking care of yourself. So, so far it seems like those are the main takeaways. I'm curious, you know, for couples who may be stressed out that they're fighting a lot all of, this, all of a sudden, does this mean that, that their relationship is doomed because they can't, you know, spend 24 seven with each other?
1: No, I don't think it is. I think it's really important for us to recognize we are in extraordinary circumstances that none of us has ever dealt with before, that none of us was prepared to deal with. So if you and your partner are fighting a lot, I think it's so important to recognize that that is totally normal and really understandable. So now is not the time to start you know, doubting, are we actually compatible? Are we going to make this in the long haul? Like really try to see if you can be as patient and as gracious with each other as you can. And the more you're able to to plan and to have that communication, I think that can really help. Um, but just, yeah, recognizing that there's so much that we are all trying to deal with right now.
0: Yeah. And I think that goes, again, extending it to all relationships. Like I've found myself being shorter with my parents because I'm like, excuse me, like when's the last time you washed your hands? You know what Uh I mean? Which is not a (laughs) normal question that I ask them. (laughs) Um, But I think we're all on edge and we need to sort of be compassionate towards others, but also be compassionate towards ourselves if we are being shorter with the people that we love because we are feeling this, unprecedented stress that nobody could have anticipated, nobody could have prepared us for. Um, All right, Vanessa, let's get into your expertise. Oh, yes. (laughs) Let's talk about sex. So what is the number one thing that you are hearing from couples right now about sex during quarantine? The
1: number one thing I am hearing is I have absolutely zero interest in being sexual.
0: Mm, Okay. Okay. Break that down for us. And what can people do about that if they should do anything about that?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people are just feeling so stressed out, so overwhelmed, that we're just not feeling interested in physical intimacy, and we're also dealing with all these added challenges of spending more time together, kids might be around all the time, so there's just not even that space to feel desire, to feel a sense of anticipation for being with our partner and connecting. Um, there are definitely some people who deal with stress by having sex, they use sex as a way to blow off steam, um, so some people aren't experiencing that, but you Usually those people are paired with somebody who's feeling zero interest in sex. It's like, what do we do if we're on totally different pages about our sex life? Um, And I just want to normalize here, I'm feeling this too. I mean, I have felt extremely uninterested in sex. It's, you know, one of the last things on my mind right now. So my number one tip here is, I think that it's really a great time to try scheduling sex. Mm. Scheduling sex is a controversial topic, and I will just be, be really transparent here too. I used to hate the idea of scheduling sex. I thought it was so cold and clinical and completely unsexy. Um, but a very long story, um, you know, my husband and I started doing it in our relationship long before all of this crisis started happening. and we. We found that there were ways of playing with it and setting it up that actually did feel like very playful, really sexy, building that anticipation and that desire. What are some of
0: those ways? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, break that down.
1: So I think, you know, first, is just this idea of recognizing it's totally okay to not feel the desire for intimacy. It makes a lot of sense. Um, And it's important for us to recognize that physical intimacy is one of the most powerful ways that we feel close to our partner, and that does provide stress, relief, and relaxation. So I'm definitely not saying that anybody should force themselves to have sex if they don't want to be having sex right now. But I would encourage you to sort of try to create the space for intimacy to happen and see what shows up then. So yeah. when it comes down to the logistics of scheduling sex, what I recommend everyone do is pick some sort of time frame that feels manageable to you, but that also feels like it's kind of challenging you a little bit. Um, oh. Yeah, so you know, it's going to be totally different for every couple, but let's just say it's something like once a week that you're going to make the commitment once a week to try to be intimate in some sort of way. Um, So what I recommend from there is that you decide on some sort of bare minimum activity that you're going to say sex is. So this is really an opportunity for us to get much more creative, much more spacious about what sex can be. It doesn't need to be just P&V action. It can be so many more things. Um, So sex for right now could be that the two of you get into your bed naked and you just cuddle each other for a little bit. That is totally fine. You're still going to get tons of benefits from that skin-to-skin contact, taking that time with each other. Um, and so it's also going to make you feel a lot better if you get to that day and you think, yeah, you're still not feeling sexy, but you realize, hey, all that I agreed to is to have a make-out session with my partner. That yeah. feels a lot more manageable than, oh my gosh, I have to have intercourse and we have to do the whole thing. Um, so that can make it feel so much better easier, so much better, and allow you to get all of those benefits of physical connection without feeling really overwhelmed and and pressuring yourself to do something that you're not interested in doing right now.
0: Yeah. I think that's really hard uh, just on on a global generalized level is social distancing and the inherent lack of intimacy in that, right? So even if you are single, right, not being able to Hug your friends, hug your parents. Like, I don't think we realize on a day to day basis how much human touch plays a role in our well being uh, and just, you know, our endorphin levels, serotonin levels that just spike when you do have that human mm-hmm. contact. I have been smothering my dog, poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but it's like, for me, like, I just lay on top of him, like, Okay. That feels better. (laughs)
1: Um, so touch is so important. So, you know, aside from sex, I really recommend that couples try to make the space for touch every single day because touch just has so many incredible benefits. So even if it's just that you're going to give each other a 20 second hug, um, just get some form of touch in every single day. It's so, so important.
0: And I also would like venture again, if you are living alone, like, I'm going to say this and it's going to sound way dirtier than I mean it, but you can touch yourself, you know what I mean? Like you can touch yourself in a sexual way, in an intimate way. Cool. But also just like taking time to like brush your hair or like feel your arms or, you know, even just holding your own hand or giving yourself a hug can actually be very comforting um, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I'm just, like, dude, I just want to hug
1: myself. <laughs> <laughs> we all need to feel in touch with our bodies. I mean, we, you know, when a lot of us, when we're feeling stressed and anxious, we just go straight up into our heads and we forget that we even have a body. Yeah. So I love having, you know, touching my own body, feeling like I can kind of connect with myself, root myself in that. So that's definitely a great thing. That we do yeah.
0: Also. I've been doing that a lot more. Normally during meditation, I, I sit and I put my hands... Um, like facing the sky, but instead I've been putting a hand on my heart and a hand on my stomach just to like feel yeah. that grounding, um, which I think is so, so important. Um, yeah. I, I think what you're saying makes sense. Um, I think there was sort of a lot of, I don't know if it was jokes or expectation that we're going to see this huge baby boom in nine months because people are locked up together and that's all they had. But I think you're right with all the stress and anxiety. It seems like a lot of people probably aren't feeling in the mood.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a, a big challenge right now, and I think a lot of people are judging themselves around it. In mm. general, we tend to judge ourselves when we're not feeling desire, because we're taught to believe that we're supposed to be super horny and wild all the, and spontaneous all the time. Um, but I really like to tell people that desire is not something that just shows up at our front door. Desire is something that we have to invite in. So even oh, when- I love yeah, that. I little pause for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even- even when this crisis has passed that we really need to make that effort to invite desire and not to just expect it to show up. I,
0: I love that. All right. Um, Vanessa, I'm going to give you some rapid fire questions that are okay. called from some too much to handle listeners via Instagram. Um, some of these are actually very similar. So, okay. The first one is I have been seeing a guy for three months. It's not defined. He lives an hour away I need advice. So they don't live together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've actually been hearing from tons of
1: couples who are saying, and I know they're not defined yet, but a lot of couples who are living apart or long distance wondering how we stay connected to each other when all this is going on. So with something that's more casual, that's not really defined... I say leave that until we've gotten through the crisis. I don't think we need to overload ourselves with also trying to figure out, like, what is this and what sort Mm -hmm. of label should we put on it? What are we? So maybe just let it be for now. Um, But in terms of having a connection while you're long distance or separated, there definitely are ways that you can play around with that. So, you know texting each other now might be the time to improve your sexting game if you want (laughs) to do that video chats and see if you can get creative with the video chats like maybe you set up dates where you're going to watch the same show together or you're going to pick a recipe and you're both going to cook it together at the same time. Um, You know, just something that you can feel like you can be fun and playful and and spend some time together. Um, If you want to talk about sexy tips, there are also toys that have um, Bluetooth capability where you could have your partner be in control of the toy, but you using the toy. So that's a, a fun way to play around. Um, But just trying to be as creative as you can with staying in contact with each other. You can even go old school too. Maybe now's the time to start writing some love letters, pop them into the mail while we still have mail. That's
0: exciting (laughs) while we still have mail. By the time this comes out, we won't have mail. We won't have a society living in the Hunger Games. Um, A very similar question. Somebody said they had a first date and now they want a second. So don't go out. Let me give you my advice. Do not leave your home. But Vanessa, please, yeah, please,
1: please do not leave, leave your home, listen to the you know, regulations and rules that are in place in your state. Um, again, maybe we can get creative here. Like, yeah, let's have a second date. It's gonna be, have to be over video chat. Um, and this can be, you know, in a lot of ways, maybe it feels a little bit easier to do a video chat date than in person. You know? yeah. So for some people, this might actually feel a little less anxiety inducing.
0: I mean, we've been so obsessed with Love is Blind for months now. This is the time we can actually put it to the test. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think back to being in high school and having my relationships really blossom and flourish on the phone. Like, there's no reason why when you can't see somebody, there's almost less pressure and you can sort of connect on a deeper level Mm -hmm.
1: Um, so,
0: all right, this is from a married couple. Um, how do we stop snapping at each other? Oh, that's
1: such a good one. Yeah.
0: So (laughs) first we've got to go to
1: normalizing that we are all much snappier with each other. And like you keep saying in all of our relationships, not just our romantic relationships. So we've got to have a little bit of patience and grace with ourselves and recognizing that there's just a lot going on. So what I would focus on here is trying to give each other as much space as possible, trying to focus on self-care so you feel a little bit more grounded and settled with yourself. Um, But then I would also focus on the repair after you've had some sort of little, you know, fight or blow up with each other. Um, So, you know, fights are inevitable in relationships, regardless of what else is going on. So what really matters is how we repair afterwards. Mm. So being able to come back to your partner, to apologize, um, to you know, reconnect with them. And I, I do think this is a fun opportunity to just sort of blame coronavirus, you know, so you can come back to your partner and be like, Corona got me again. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, but really like, let's just get much more simple and straightforward with our apologies. Like just apologize to your partner. We don't have to go in, well, I did this because you did that. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. The coronavirus got to me. I'm really sorry. That's all
0: yeah I mean again, just to go back to my relationship with my mom um <laughs> i i I have definitely like taken that into just texting her i'm sorry, I'm really worried I'm yeah. really scared and feeling really anxious, and what is anybody gonna say to that exactly. Be, besides like I understand like yeah. i I accept your apology like let's talk about how we can make ways to So you are feeling less anxious during this time and things like that. And I think there's a lot of power in that because then you're not only apologizing for being snappy, which we all are being right now, Mm -hmm. let's be real. You're also opening up a space for vulnerability and a space for deeper connection. Exactly. Yeah. It's when when
1: we're able to speak to those deeper emotions in just the way that you said, there's no other reaction that your partner can have other than feeling empathy. You know, when we hear somebody that we love saying, I'm scared of course we're going to feel you know empathy for them and connection with them and so it's it's being able to recognize that it, we're reacting to this really intense incredible unprecedented stress and we're feeling all sorts of emotions and those emotions are are turning into actions that we probably would prefer that we didn't do but exactly if we can name the emotions and share that with our partner it's such an opportunity for connection
0: yeah absolutely okay this last one um Completely different take. They say they're doing great. And he says, I actually wonder how it will be afterwards when we're not together for 24 7. Any tips?
1: Oh, that's so fascinating. And isn't it so interesting to see the variety of experiences we're all having? (laughs) Absolutely. So I want to say, you know, to this person, it's awesome to be doing wonderful. You know, I think sometimes people are worried, like, is it bad or weird of me to be thriving during this time? But all experiences and reactions are totally acceptable and okay. So what I would encourage this person to think about is what is it that's really working for them right now and are there any lessons to learn that they can try to take forward? So maybe it's just the most simple idea of we're spending more time together and we love spending time together. I mean, it's, it's really crazy how many relationships couples just don't spend that much time together. Yeah. And we, we forget, like, we're in a relationship with this person because we like them. We like spending time together. So maybe it's something as simple as that. Maybe there's something different. Maybe they're having much more vulnerable, intimate conversations than they ever have before. Maybe they're playing more games together than they ever have before. So just trying to see, you know, what is it that we can learn and take forward with us from this experience?
0: Yeah, and I think that's just such a great mentality, um for everybody listening to this is what you can learn during this period and take forward when this is all over because it will be all over with this will pass um and so just taking stock now like of things that you don't like things that you do like and trying to set yourself up for success in the future whether that be in your relationship whether that be in your career whether that be with your relationship with yourself mm-hmm. um Vanessa, thank you so, so much for your time and for your wisdom. If you guys want to learn more from Vanessa, you can head over to www.vmtherapy.com with all the sex-related questions you've been dying to ask. Mm -hmm. And you can also check out her simple daily check-in every couple needs to be doing right now. I am going to link it in the description box below if you're listening and you have a question and want to be featured on the next episode please send me a dm to at Hannah Cranston or email tmthshow at gmail.com again please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode also if you don't have uh anything to do if you're stuck in quarantine and you're like what should i do right now i would love for you to rate and review this podcast it is life for those of us in the podcast world And just a reminder, we'll be coming at you every Wednesday. So buckle up because it's going to be too much to handle. See you next week.